Good morning, and welcome back to Trending. This week's show, I continue to visit with Mayor County Mayor Randy Porter, uh, Parks and Recreation Director John Ross Albertson, Fair Board Chairman John Allen, and Fair Board Member Wes Robertson. Last week, we were discussing the history of the fair, uh, what these gentlemen do as part of the fairgrounds. It's an ongoing uh, thing that happens all year long. We talked about the tra two tracts of land that are up for, for purchase through the County Commission's decision. If they choose to do that, we did not get to the options uh, that are available for the county. And I think it's important to address that. And I, as everybody wants to know, how are we going to pay for this land? So we have four options. And, Mayor, if you, if you have another option, you can make the announcement this week. But we, in my mind, we have four options. Do nothing and wait as long as possible to make improvements to the current fairgrounds that are located on Jefferson Avenue. So 36 acres, do nothing. And, and John, I'll get your opinion on that just in a minute. Um, second option, invest money into the current fairgrounds, make all the repairs to the grandstands, all the buildings, improve the grounds, try to figure out better parking, uh, and and is there any way to provide more entertainment with what you got? That's the second option. Third option, buy one tract of land and locate the fairgrounds and expand. Fourth option, in my mind, buy both tracts of land, locate the fairgrounds and expand, uh, and on the other track of land, move some county operations there where there's more room, and that would also provide land maybe for a new high school because that's been discussed through the school board and the county commission throughout the last couple of years. Mary, you got any more options? You think that's? I don't think option one is a is an is option. Actually an option. I, I think we're going to have to do something as it stands right now. I have a structural engineer that's been coming out and reviewing the grandstands and, and the buildings at the fire each year and, and saying, okay, is it still good for another year? We made some, uh, we had to make some uh, changes to the grandstands to help the structure of it to make sure we don't have an accident there. Uh, so I don't think that's an option as far as not doing anything. I think if, if we don't do something in the next year or so, we're going to have to spend money at the existing fairgrounds if they want to keep having the fire and events there. John, now the fairgrounds, I mean, y'all make it work. Y'all do a great job putting on an annual county fair. Would you disagree or agree with Randy about the repairs? I, and I've been over there. I know there needs to be some maintenance done. Well, we're good for a year. We're good for two years, but by the end of that second year, we've got to have – there's got to be some work done, no sure. question about it. We can have a fair there for about 50,000 people in 10 days. Uh, we can do pretty much what we've been doing, which is is a good fair, no question about it. But we can't grow, we can't involve more people, and there is going to have to be some, some work done on the buildings. And parking has been a struggle. Right. And there's no other options right now for additional parking. I know you all no. exhausted everything you have, so parking is going to stay the same. Uh, as far as the entertainment side of the fair, you're bringing in 50,000 people, so obviously people love coming to the fair. But your current situation, you're not able to really add a whole lot of entertainment, are you, Wes? I mean, it's... No, we, we, we're at our max. You know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are uh, heavy heavy traffic days now at the fair. Um, we're full. It's We can't do any more. We have to put them on the weekdays, and it's harder to get people to come out during the week. John Ross, you... Uh, your department's over there with maintenance and mowing. Um, 
do you what would it do for your department uh, to expand or are you limited now to what you can do well i mean ultimately it would make everything a whole lot easier of course when you have a newer facility uh we'd be able to work out a lot of issues with parking one uh, especially on the fourth of july i think anybody that's ever been in that parking lot that's been on the fourth of july they realize the parking issues and same way with the fair at times uh, just because uh, it, there's so much traffic. There's so many people that want to go to these events, but unfortunately we're unable to accommodate due to those issues. Um, and so that's something that, that we really have to uh, to think about going forward for sure. How big, Randy and John Ross, could the 4th of July celebration be if you doubled the size of the property uh, for the county? Oh, we could we could fit. No telling how many cars. If you give us what we have going on 35 acres right now, and we park about 900 cars, uh, and so you think about that, if you increase your fairgrounds to say 100 and something acres, at that point, I mean, you're doubling that. We're probably doubling easily. at least. And and the show can get bigger. Mm-hmm. There could be more fireworks. Absolutely. More room to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, right now we're limited. There's there's not much we can do. We're landlocked. We're landlocked. Uh, all sides. All sides. And the repairs, though, because there's going to be people say, let's just keep it where it's at. And I understand that. And it's sentimental to me. I haven't shared this. I didn't share this last week. My parents met at the fair. Okay. They have been married 48 years. Mm-hmm. They or this month or next month, they'll be married 48 years. They met as 16 year olds at the fair. And when I go, I'm sentimental. I think about my parents meeting. Thank God they're both still alive. And it's sentimental to them and it's sentimental to me. But it's not sentimental enough not to do anything. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And they agree, and we've talked about it. And like, hey, we met there, fell in love there. That's where it all started. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them meeting at the fair. So thank you, Lord, for the fair. Don't grounds. blame the <laughs> don't blame the fair <laughs> for you, the mom and dad. Yeah, don't blame John for me. But um, it is sentimental to some people. If we if we stay where we're at, we've got to make improvements. Randy, the cost to get the fairgrounds, as far as maintenance goes, get the grandstand safer. We know there's concrete. Sometimes will fall underneath. Uh, I've been there. Uh, had a close call one time a couple years ago. The chunk almost hit me in the head. You may have been stomping on the grounds above, John. <laughs> I didn't know you were there. I, I would have been. <laughs> but it, it, and it's not one of the big piece, but it happens. How, how much you thinking? I know it's a rough estimate. And, John, you may have a – and Wes may have a, a number in your mind, too – how much money are we talking about to improve the fairgrounds uh, just for maintenance purposes and safety purposes? Well, you look at those grandstands. They're 60 years old or older. Uh, you can't expect a facility like that when it gets that kind of age on it to, to continue to last. I think we could spend 2 or $3 million out there on the existing fairgrounds pretty easy. There's not a building that I know of. John, correct me if I'm wrong. There's not a building on the fairgrounds that doesn't need something done to it or replaced. Would you agree? I would agree. Uh, so when you start looking, we can at, manage another two, three years. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're if we're looking out to the future, though, the next twenty, twenty-five years or whatever, uh, something's got to happen. We're going to spend, I'm guessing, two or three million dollars, and it could be more, it could be a little less. But if you look at replacing some of those buildings that need to be replaced, uh, repairing some of them that need to be repaired. But the ultimate thing is, you can spend all that money and have all the facility renovated. You're still landlocked. Right. You still you don't still have any more park parking. 900 cars. You yep. still can't do any more with what you got. It's still uh, the same amount of acreage. So if we're looking at moving into the future and having the fire continue and having events 
be hosted there and bringing in tourism and economic development to the county, something has got to change in the next two or three years is, is my opinion. I agree with John. So roughly three millions in repairs. That's a guess, Ben. I'm totally guesstimating uh, with the cost of construction right now. It could be more than that because uh, there's a lot of building going on there. I'd say probably closer to five to six million. And John may be right. It's uh, We could spend a, a small fortune out there and still have a landlocked piece of property. How many senior citizens do we have come to Senior Citizen Day at the fair? Well, now we have had 700, but we don't. With this last year, we had 250. They don't come because we don't have an air conditioned building. building. And all around us does have air conditioned buildings. But we could have, we would have 750 if we had an air conditioned facility. And we don't have a place to put one because we're going to lose. That's a big building. It's going to take a lot of parking away from us. Right. So you can, you can add buildings, but you're going to take away parking. Right. You're just, yeah. So $3 million to $6 million. I'd say close to it. How much uh, would the Medley Nash property cost, Randy? Depends purchase? on how much we buy of it. It's 27,000 acres, so you probably spend about $3 million down there. If you wanted the, the other property, you know, you $3.5 million. So you spend six and a half seven million to buy both properties. So you can put six and a half, seven million to both properties, or we can put six and a half million to six and a half to seven million into the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. repair it, fix it to for safety. You're still not growing, still not adding entertainment value. Well, you don't have a building to use year round either. That's right. That's yeah. right. So I'm I, I'm saying that to so so everybody understands where we're at financially. Uh, if we buy one, let's say we buy, let's say we go with property A that costs three and a half million. Mm-hmm. I won't say the property name, but property A three and a half million. We'll have to borrow the money mm-hmm. as a county to purchase that land. If we sell the current fairgrounds, uh, we don't know how much it's going to bring, but you've been told. Can you tell us a number what you've been told? Yeah, we've heard uh, we've got an appraiser that's doing an appraisal. That I'll have the formal appraisal for the October County Commission meeting. Uh, minimum of $10 million, more like 12 or 13 Um if you just sell the fairgrounds property, if you look at some of the other property we own across the street at the uh, what we call Shoney's Hill in that area there, there's another 35 acres there. Um, you're getting up into a lot of money then. If if you do that, there could be enough money to buy the property, build the new facilities, and move your highway department and bus garage and pay for that and pay for all of it and it not cost the county anything. But up front. Uh, they're going to have to borrow the money, but interest rates are so low right now. We can get interest rates less than 2% most of the time on the money. So if we are going to do something, uh, we don't want to wait until the time when those interest rates go back up and it costs the county a lot of interest. Now's the now's the time, I think, if, uh, if the commission wants to do something. And if they don't, we're going to, one of those other options are going to have to happen. If they don't want to buy the new one, they're going to have to do something with the existing one if we want to continue to have the fire in Putnam County. So there you go, folks. That's the financing options. Um, going to borrow the money and hopefully pay that loan off shortly with selling some other land that we have. You have been listening to Trending. When I come back in the next segment, I'll continue to discuss the financing and where the county stands financially and is this affordable for Putnam County. Welcome back to Trending. You're listening to News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. The second segment I have with me, Mr. Glenn Jones, I'll let the other gentlemen go. They spent five segments with me. So we are moving on to the fairgrounds manager, the Putnam County fairgrounds manager, Mr. Glenn Jones. He's also the Putnam County archivist, and he does a little bit more. uh, He's over the veterans hall as well. So welcome, Glenn. 
Well, nice being here. I appreciate it. We're going to talk to Glenn. Uh, he is the fairgrounds manager. We're going to talk to him about what his role is with Putnam County. Uh, I want to know where he came from. He's got great experience. He's It's not something new he's been doing, the archivist stuff. I've known him for a long time. Before we get into that, I, I promised you we'd talk about some financing for the fairgrounds. I've had a lot of questions from some constituents and commissioners and, you know, what are our financing options? And, and Mayor Porter and I discussed last segment a little bit uh, of what we could do. The commission could ch- could choose uh, to buy one piece of property or both pieces of property that Mary Porter brought to the county commission. And that's a vote the county commission would have to decide. There should not be any bonds issued because the price will not be high enough for, for calling for a bond issue. It would be uh, the options for the Putnam County would be to do a capital outlay note, and those can be done in three three years, six years, nine years, and if you get a, uh, an extension through the state, it can be done for twelve years. The county commission, Mayor Porter, we've talked, and he even mentioned in the presentation to the commission that there wouldn't be a need for long term financing or issuing bonds. Three year capital outlay note would be ideal. Uh, probably or maybe even six years. What would happen is the the county would borrow money on a capital outlay note, purchase one piece of land or two, however, whatever's decided, if they decide to do that. Remember, it's a county commission vote uh, to do that. So the county commission may vote not to do anything and then stick with with the property and the fairgrounds that currently exist. But if they were to choose to buy one or both, issue a capital outlay note for whatever the, the purchase price is over three to six years, make payments on that until the county can sell uh, the current fairgrounds. And that uh, I think that's part of the condition. If we're going to buy land, uh, and Glenn, you, you, you've been in discussions as well, if we're going to buy land, the county commission is going to buy land to move the fairgrounds and buy more land for other future projects for the county, like a school or, or expand the bus garage or expand the highway department, whatever the county commission decides to do, there's options there. Uh, if the county commission decides to do that, they would – Issue those, issue that capital outlay note for that amount of money, make payments, and then hope to sell the current property where the fairgrounds is at and maybe other property in the county. The hope would be, I believe, as the commission's thoughts on doing this would be to uh, not be out of pocket any money. And, and Glenn, I want to get to uh, eventually get to the uh, how the fairgrounds revenue works because you're the fairgrounds manager. And we'll get to that. How much money is it bringing in? How much money was it bringing in before you came in? I know you've done a lot. So I, we're definitely going to hear from Glenn about that. But I want to make sure everyone listening knows the options on financing. Putnam County right now, the debt service fund balance, which is where interest and principal are paid, and that's where this would be paid at. The fairgrounds uh, note would be paid, or the land note. Uh, it's very good right now. So last year, fiscal year 19, the uh, debt service fund balance increased by $2 million. So it's up to close to $17 million uh, in fund balance. So after every all the debt has been paid for the year, principal and interest for all the debt the county has, which was $130 million starting the year, and now it's lower than that, and that's school debt, uh, county building debt, anything we've issued debt for, after all said and done paid for a year, we had $17 million left over. The influx of the $2 million came from sales tax revenue. And so Putnam County is structured to where sales tax revenue is allocated in in three different funds. It's debt service, uh, general purpose schools for school operation. That's state mandated, and we've discussed that. Half of the sales tax revenue has to go to schools. And then, obviously, uh, Parks and Rec um, gets a little bit of sales – or actually, hotel motel tax goes to Parks and Rec. But sales tax is allocated. There's a little bit allocated. There's some allocated general fund. That's the third fund. 
And that was decided last year, actually, or two years ago during the budget process to allocate more sales tax because there was such an influx of sales tax revenue coming in. We were, we were having too much money in our debt service, so we, we used some of that money also for capital projects. I, I explained that to say this. The debt capacity is growing in Putnam County, and this is not an opinion. This is fact. You can look at the audits and look at the, the way the, uh, debt, the debt service fund balance has grown. It's grown because sales tax and property tax is, is very fluent. So that is growing. So the debt capacity is growing. And debt capacity grows because either revenue grows or the county continues to pay off debt without incurring new debt. Now, when you incur new debt, your debt capacity is going to decrease some unless your revenue makes up for it. The idea of this whole project would be to sell property and recoup the, the proceeds for that property and pay for everything that's being done, the purchase of land and the improvements on the fairgrounds or improvements to the land to make a fairground or maybe an expo center, um, uh, you know, a fair park, however people want to term it uh, and deem it. So that is where we're at on funding. The Sales, I, I don't. I personally, as a commissioner, uh, I do not believe a sales tax increase would be or property tax increase would be required at all. That would not be my goal as a commissioner. Uh, and I just and through the discussions at the presentation, and there will be more discussions at the October meeting. I'm pretty sure after this last property tax increase, that's not once something the county wants to do. That's why it's important to try to find. Uh, uh, someone to buy, and, and it goes to public auction or sealed bid. It can't be a negotiated sale through an, to an individual through the county. It's got to be to public uh, auction or sealed bid or internet auction for somebody to buy the property. So we don't know what it would bring in. Uh, we don't know uh, how much um, it will bring, and we don't know how quick it would sell, but we, we know it's in a prime location. So you're listening to trending, going through the finances uh, of the county as far as being able to afford or the process of, of purchasing land. And I do have with me Glenn Jones. He is the Putnam County archivist. He's also um, over the Veterans Hall that's in the lower floor of the county clerk's building. That's correct. And, um, and he, he's also the fairgrounds manager. So, Glenn, before we get uh, – did that make sense? The financing part—it sounded awesome. If, if it didn't make sense to you, it's not going to make sense. No, to I understood else. it. So, so that's where we're at financially. For those that's had questions about that, I want to make sure everybody understands the county's not going to go broke. Uh, the idea or the goal is not to go broke in doing this. So, uh, Glenn, before we get into to what you do, I, I always love to know and, and talk about the backgrounds of my guests because I want people to know that my guests are um, qualified. They've been they've been and done things that make them qualified. They know what they're doing in their roles in, in public service. You've been in public service a long time, and, and people may say, well, an archivist, uh, that's not an elected official. It doesn't matter. An archivist, a, a fairgrounds manager, somebody that's in charge of Veterans Hall, you're dealing with the public, first of all. Correct. You're making decisions that affect the public, and that's important. So I want people to know, actually, your credibility, which I know it's credible. And, and I'll go back to when um, I met you. And I believe it's probably been like 11 years ago in Jackson County. Correct. And you called me. Do you remember why you called me? It was something about, I remember talking to you because you called, you wanted to know why that Megsville sign, sign. was out there yep. on yep. How did uh, that Highway happen? 53. How did, how did we get that sign there? How did the county get that sign there? Okay, how that works. I like history and my grandparents were from Clay County, DeKalb County and family all around Putnam County. And I remember the stories of these old towns that were all around. Well, there's no signs. 
Most of the stores are gone. Everything's gone except maybe, you know, a house or two. So people didn't know that there actually was a post office in that community and a thriving community. So I decided to go on. I wasn't paid to do it. I decided to go and do all the research I could, find residents from that area, get all information. It wasn't written down anywhere and actually put up signs where these communities were located. Putnam County alone has 96 of these old communities with post offices. Wow. So the first time we, we touched base 11 years ago, and you were working in Jackson County Correct. as the archivist there. Yes. And what did you do anything else for the county at that point? Yeah. Um, I, I started the, the Jackson County Veterans Hall in the courthouse in Jackson County in Gainesboro. That was that on the bottom floor. It was on the third floor. Third floor with no right. elevator. That's right, third floor. So I remember meeting Glenn eleven years ago, and I was fascinated with because uh, that was early in my career at CTAS, and I haven't dealt with a lot of records. It's, and, a, it's and, actually more than eleven years ago. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, because I've been was. with the Putnam County for over eleven years. Okay, so it was early on, probably two thousand six, really. Right. When I actually got back to Cookville, so I was new and learning about records, and I would ask you questions about records. And of course, we have staff to do that as well, but I would ask you about questions on records. And then I asked you to assist me in Fentress County. Correct. I don't know if you remember that. I we went to Jamestown up. with you, correct? And we we went up there to help them with some uh, veterans. Uh, they were wanting to do a veterans memorial, and we described how you go about doing that, and also about an archives. They really didn't know all the everything ins and outs about an archive so we visited them i know at least once uh glenn was a great resource for me to use at that point in time and you were in jackson county and you you got the veterans hall there you maintained their records and some of the records were stored in the basement right oh correct all of them were they go back to 1813 several records and i believe they had a flood a little bit a few years ago well what really it was the deal a lot of people aren't aware of it. County officials, they have to keep these records forever. Well, after so many years, there's no space to put them. Well, the n- newer records are still having to be saved, and they got Social Security numbers. So they're really paying attention more of the new records and those old ones that are like stuffed somewhere. And eventually, people that don't know what's there, they just start throwing them away, and they're not taking care of them. Right. That's why an archives is so important. Glenn does a great job for the county. When we return, we'll discuss with Glenn what he does at the fairgrounds, because that is what's trending now. You're listening to Trending. This has been Rogers. Welcome back to Trending. This has been Rogers. My guest today is Putnam County Archivist and Fairgrounds Manager and Veterans Hall Manager, Glenn Jones. I brought Glenn in today. Trending is the Putnam County Fairgrounds and what is going to happen with the fairgrounds. Is the county going to purchase property uh, to move the fairgrounds? What's the county commission going to decide? How much money is it going to take? Glenn is a very important um, aspect to the fairgrounds. He manages the fairgrounds. And Glenn, I, I got to ask you, I, I remember when you came in over 11 years ago, what made you decide to come work for Putnam County? I was actually born in Detroit, but my mom and dad went to, they're from here, and they went to Detroit to work. That's where they met, and they had their their kids, which I have a brother and two sisters. Well, we came back and when I was 14 and moved to Baxter, which we already had our farm there before I was born, sure. so we were always in this area. And, and you went to Upperman High School? I went to Upperman High School, graduated in 1977. I loved Upperman High School. So you're working in Jackson County. You get a phone call from Kim Blaylock? Correct. They were wanting to do this charge. It's called a management fund of, of records, records management fund. Well, to do a records management fund, you had to have somebody kind of explaining how you did that. 
It's a state law. So they wanted to enact it. Well, they called the state archives, and the state archives told them to contact Glenn Jones. He's in your neighborhood, and he knows exactly how to do all of that. So they called me for a meeting, and I wasn't paid in Jackson County. I, I was just doing that for free. That's right. And I, I did that for six or seven years, and it's and it's really not, like it's unbelievable what's down there. But you spent a lot of time doing oh, that. Oh, yeah. It, it cost all, me. All volunteers. It was a lot of – I spent a lot of money fixing that together. I mean, it was it was something else. And, and it's still help. really nice. You had some a couple a ladies that helped you. A lot of great volunteers mm-hmm. down there. I mean, we even had some Putnam County people volunteering. I mean, because if you're a Putnam County resident, Jackson County, if you're in Cookville, Baxter, Buffalo Valley, that was Jackson County for, you know – almost 50 years yeah. before it was Putnam County. So Putnam County, Jackson County history is part of Putnam County history. Well, my paternal grandmother's from Jackson County off Shepherdsville Highway. So she was one of 12. She was an Anderson. So a lot of history there. My family's there. Mm-hmm. And, and so I understand that. So you met with Kim, was was trying to help the county. Right. So what? This is this is kind of an amazing story. They called me up and I came to the courthouse and I brought pictures of what the Veterans Hall looked like and I actually brought a picture uh, of a veteran and I sat in a room it was in their conference room and there was a lot of people in that room and I had no idea who they were but to come to find out they had already been checking on what I was doing the state told them they came down we probably didn't even know they were checking to see how the archives is done down there so in this one meeting they were asking me all these questions they had no idea I wasn't paid so Eris Bryant asked she was in charge of how the employees were paid mm-hmm. at that time Putnam County employees. So she asked me how much I was paid and how much were they needing to pay their archivist. And when I told them I wasn't paid, they just couldn't believe it. Well, I didn't know they had the newspaper there. So a reporter from the Herald Citizen was at the end of the table, the large table. And I didn't even, I wasn't aware what was going on. I was just telling them everything that I had done and how it started. Full transparency. And what Putnam County needed to do and how important it was to have an archives. So before, that was probably, I don't know what day it was, but the very next day, it was in the newspaper that Glenn Jones is probably going to be our our Putnam <laughs> County archivist. I didn't know, I did not know that. So that was like a May, it was on the headlines. So, wow. And, I, and they didn't even ask me, but I, I was really happy because I, I like Putnam County. I always feel like I'm a Putnam Countyan. Um, even though I was born in Detroit, but we were here my whole life. Sure. We went to the fair when I was a little kid, sure. Putnam County Fair. Mm-hmm. We were here for two weeks every year. Our family was fear- from here. So, you know, I just always feel. And when you go to Upperman High School, you 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 got that in you. Upperman High School is just a really neat thing to have went to yeah. and be a part of. And Baxter, and I'm actually the president of the Baxter Depot Museum. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you – so you you wear three different hats with Putnam County, basically, and then you you work with the city of Baxter, and you also work with the Harvest Festival, correct? Uh, which is coming up in, at the end of the October, right? It's the last Saturday in October in Baxter, and it's always a big event. But you've got a lot going on. You also have a wedding chapel in Jackson County, right? Rosewood Wedding Chapel, Rosewood Wedding Chapel. So uh, my guest today it's Glenn Jones, uh, and you're listening to Trending on ninety four point one FM. Uh, he's a man of of many talents. He's got a lot going on. Uh, the reason I'm having him on today, now that you know a lot about him, is to talk about the fairgrounds and and what goes on there and what his role is. So, your fairgrounds manager, correct? How did you how did you get that title? What that transition? Because you got hired uh, as archivist and was over the veterans hall. When did the fairgrounds manager uh, transition? Okay. That if you just heard the word archivist, like Ben said, you kind 
don't put it together. This is how it went together. I was asked, where can we start with this archives? There was no, there were no offices in the court courthouse available. So I told them that the ASC office had emptied out at the fairgrounds at the agriculture building. They went to White County, and I'd been in that office for my whole life because of corn and tobacco and the tobacco base and stuff. So I knew that office had emptied out. So I went to that office first. That's where we started the archives and the veterans hall. It's not very big, but you know, you have to start somewhere. And I was in that building for a year. Well, County commissioners, um, several of them, Kathy real, Kim Bradford, they asked me to do a veterans hall exhibit at the fairgrounds 11 years ago. And I did it in the South grandstand. So I was in the South Grandstand with a couple of volunteers, and I was amazed how no one was watching anything during the fair. I had been to the fair my whole life, but I really didn't look at it like I did when I was there every single day for the 10-day fair from you know early and probably 3 o'clock until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And I really started paying attention. Well, I was asked to actually document what was going on at the fair for the county commission because no one really knew exactly what was going on. So I did that. So for about four years, I still did the Archives Veterans Hall exhibit, but I was actually going around and getting all the information on how the fair was working, how people turned in exhibits, how they were paid, and it was just amazing. I volunteered at the fair before when I was in high school, but I had no idea how much work that the fairground or the fair board people do. Right. I mean, no one would have any idea. And that's how I got started. So I was actually, year after year, I was kind of temporarily paying attention to what was going on. Well, then, it's hard to believe it's six years ago, they came, the county commission formed a committee. And this committee, I don't know how long they met. They called me one time and asked me would I come in there and talk to them. I had no idea exactly what it was about. And they asked me all these questions about the fair, the history, and how it ran, the fairgrounds, what I thought could be done to improve. And the reason they were tasked to do this, um, find somebody, this committee, the mayor of the of Cookville was involved, several commissioners. The um, They had several people fair board members, the president, past presidents in this big committee. They wanted to do, the county commission was concerned that the fairgrounds was losing money. Uh, the utilities were running, like people would leave the water running in the restrooms. The lights were left on, so the utility bills were real big. And they went back in the history of it, and the most it had ever made was $1,800 ever. The most profit it ever made in a whole year was $1,800. So this they wanted a manager to overlook this, keep up with it, and try to get those utilities down, keep vandalism from happening, and bring in some revenue. And that's what I've been doing for six years. So before, the the revenue stream for the use of the fairgrounds was low. Correct. I really believe seven years ago, almost half of the commissioners were ready to sell the fairgrounds. And it, and it was ta- the public was talking about it. And, you know, everyone was concerned because the buildings are deteriorating. It, they didn't think it was being used. Well, now it's being used quite a bit. Matter of fact, this year there were 56 days that events were going on at the fair, and the most it had ever made before six years was eighteen hundred dollars. 
This year alone, we have made $18,570. That's not counting the utilities paid right. because we charge people who are using the facility to pay the utilities. For example, the fair board, they had to pay, I'm going to say it was almost like $12,000 for electric and water. Right. Well, Plus, they paid 5500 to rent the fairgrounds. And then we had earlier this year, there was a, a lady I had got familiar with her over the last few years. She was involved in a circus, and her name's Yolanda from Florida. Well, she changed to a fancier circus, and it was called a water circus. So she called me up and told us, you know, Putnam County's really not big enough for this kind of a circus. This is a big-time one. And I said, we will really want you there. We, we hope you can come. And I explained that we would do whatever it took to get her there. Well, they came, and it was a success. And we got $3,000 from that circus we generated. So a big part of what you do as fairgrounds manager, you're talking to these people, and you're promoting right. the fairgrounds. You're promoting Putnam County, and you're, you're selling them the fairgrounds to get them here so you brought the circus in big right. event the, the circus people didn't know think it could happen you convinced no, them. they really didn't think it would happen because they were afraid they had been there you know the girl the woman had been and she changed production companies and they were afraid of the the midway a lot of people aren't aware of the fairgrounds problems i mean i love the fairgrounds it needs we need to have one but the fairground has a major problem even with the carnival so We'll, I want to discuss that when we come back because we're, we're at the end of the segment. We're going to discuss what you say as fairgrounds manager, the problems the Midway and the fairgrounds have. You're listening to 94.1 FM, News Talk, and 1600 AM. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Trending. This is News Talk, 94.1 FM, and 1600 AM. This has been Rogers. My guest today is Glenn Jones. Uh, we the Earlier in the first segment, we had on uh, Mary Randy Porter and John Allen Fairboard uh, Chairman. Wes Robertson, fair board member, and John Ross Robertson, the Parks and Rec director. I brought in Glenn to to he is more of a uh, there at the fairgrounds almost well every week, almost every day. He is the fairgrounds manager. As we left you last segment, he started to get into some of the issues the fairgrounds have. The maintenance is one of the things the county commission is aware of. If if we're going to continue, the commission is going to continue to use the fairgrounds. There's a lot of maintenance. When you left, we left last segment. You were talking about the midway. So Correct. what's going on with the midway? Well. When the big circus wanted to come, they told me how many feet it had to be perfectly level. Well, I went out there and measured, and the midway area, that's where the carnival is, the, all the, the rides are put. There's like a donut blacktop around. It's only flat, like right in the center part. And then it starts, it's like a bowl, it ro- ro- goes up. Well, there was just enough room to put the circus on a flat area, but they had to get into the wet part. So the wettest part is where you entered and came out of the circus. So they were worried about that, but it turned out good. They made a profit, and I'm hoping they'll come back. A lot of people aren't aware of this last um, fair. That was the biggest carnival we could possibly have on that grounds because it's like a bowl. All of the rides that are sitting in the middle, they're kind of level. But when you start putting them around the edge, it starts going uphill. So they're having to stack timbers on the front part of all those rides just to level them off. And that's kind of dangerous. So in a new property, you would want a level area to do these midway rides. So you could expand. Correct. You could have as big as you want. Right. And there's no limitations. So that's is, is that the only maintenance issue at the fairgrounds? Oh, no. Okay. 
Number one, the first thing I noticed, and I knew I knew that quite a several years ago, you can't rent the fairgrounds when the toilets aren't working. Well, the toilets aren't working right after the first freeze, first frost. They turn them all, turn all the water off. None of the buildings have water because once you turn the water off, because you have to turn the water off, it's all run together. Mm-hmm. It's not like one section's. It comes from the water meter and maybe goes to the the culture arts building. Everyone used to call it the women's building. There's no water line that just goes to that one that you could run that one. It's got insulation. What it does, these water lines are running into the concession stands. They're running all over without – there's no way to turn them off, just sections of the property. Right. So the first thing you'd have to do if you wanted to continue there – and the pipes are old and they're leaking. We would need to put all new water system in there. Wow. And that would have to be breaking up some of that pavement to get under there. Sure. Another thing that's major is the concession stands. There's 13 of them. They have no vents. There's a vent up there over the grease where all these people are cooking all this grease, and there's no exit vent. So all that grease is just up in those roofs. So we're going to have to do major uh, renovation on those concession stands for safety. So you have water water issues, old pops, and turning the water off. You've got concession stand issues with grease getting trapped up in the Correct, in and the now exit. let's go to the grandstands. I love the grandstands. I think Putnam County was fortunate to have the most beautiful grandstands that I've, that I've been. I've been to several fairs, and I think we have beautiful grandstands, but they're, you know, they're, they're almost getting – they're a little older than I am. I'll be 61 in December. They're about 62 years old, so – they're a little bit older than I am, so they're deteriorated. They've not been taken care of. What's happening with them? The roof. The roof, I don't know if it's leaking. It's way up there, but the gutters are all rotting out and bad. It'll take a lot, and they're big gutters. The Some of the laths, that's what the metal is nailed to, is rotting because we heard of a maintenance guy that had stepped on one of them and busted through, so they would have to be checked. Right. The The blocks are deteriorating. The actual bridge, like that's where you're sitting on, they seem to be in great shape. It's just the cement blocks, so they could have rebar put in them and filled with um, thin concrete. They call that grouting. That would stabilize them, but they're, they're, those things need to be done. And then the paint is peeling all off of them, and of course, it's lead paint. It was painted before the '70s. So that right there is a big issue. So there's several maintenance issues going on with the current fairgrounds, and that's just one of the a big part of why it's this being discussed and why the commission and it makes sure everybody knows the county commission asked mary randy porter to do this he asked and, and he's i know he's talked with you and he's been discussions with the fair board and they just left us a few minutes ago but uh, he was asked to look into it he come back with these two properties and the and the reason that this kind of started is, is maintenance issues right. millions of dollars would be poured into the current location uh to get it to where it's safe, to get it to where it's efficient, you know, if you got water leaks, you're, you're spending money on water. Right. It's not just that. If you just fix what we have, you still can't use the fairgrounds because there's no enclosed buildings. Right. We need at least one large exhibit building. We could have shows, boat shows, any kind of shows. Even the um, – the, um, there's, there's, there's just many, many shows that have to have an inside building – you can't do stuff in the in the wintertime. Your guests are not going to come and freeze to look at, you know, things outside. You're listening to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM. Glenn Jones is visiting with me today. It's going through the maintenance issues at the current fairgrounds. Glenn, if 
the commission votes to buy property and move the fairgrounds, what could that as your, as fairgrounds manager? What options does that give you to promote and sell uh, for more events? And, and and of course the the building is something that is being discussed, but it's not guaranteed. It, the commission may decide they just want to move the fairgrounds and and make the midway bigger and, and, and the grandstands maybe bigger and arena bigger, but they may not want to buy a building. But let's say they do, just for to just to know what you could do with it. Let's say the commission does decide to put some buildings on there, enclosed building. What options that give you as a fairgrounds manager? Okay, let's just let's just get an example of what goes on in Putnam County right now. The home show. The home show's done in the springtime. They would love to be able to go somewhere where they don't have to. Like at the Hyder Burks, that's an awesome facility, but they have to put artificial turf down, which costs a lot of money to do that and a lot of maintenance to do that, maintenance men doing that. If we had that, I'm sure we'd get the home show. The senior expo that's done at the Hyder Burks, and we're not just trying to take something away from Hyder Burks. We're wanting to make it where it's easier to do. It's really not a handicap-accessible area to do the senior expo. I mean, there's so many things that, that we don't even, aren't even aware of. We're fortunate to be on Interstate 40. I mean, right off Interstate 40, going from, you know, one coast to the other coast, there is no telling what, what things that might come if we have the building. Because a lot of people don't want to go to Nashville or Knoxville because of the high, um, you know, even hotel rooms. And Putnam County, Cookville, we're so fortunate to have all these hotel rooms. And they keep building them. We're getting a Holiday Inn. Um, a new Holiday Inn. So I believe that if we had indoor facilities that we could heat them in the wintertime, I believe we'd have things going on all year round. So how much does it cost now for someone to rent the fairgrounds? Right now, the county commission made this rule in 1995. It's $1,000 to rent the whole entire property. I heard one guest mention that um, we don't have but one thing happening per event. Sometimes we have three events going on. Used to, they would have never done that, but since I've been the manager, several times we have three things going on. And what I do, I split that $1,000 into three ways when we get three things going on. That way, it's affordable for some people to do a barn sale sure. or whatever. Sure. But no one can do a barn sale and pay out $1,000. So being able to use it in a... If it had, if a new property had cross fencing and the buildings were separated and not put together, and there was three or four parking lots where they were divided like that, where gates that could open in the middle, why well, we could rent it three ways all the time. So, if someone just wanted to have a barn sale, what would the cost be? Okay, if somebody calls me up and they want a barn sale, and they're only going to use, everyone knows the barn, the music barn is the old hog barn. What we did, we renovated it, we put in fluorescent lighting, and it's clean in there. So they can rent that one building for $150 for a day. So That's pretty reasonable. That's I mean, reasonable, but they can't go on any other part of the property. And they have to do the security. They can't let people go. They're responsible. Right. They have to do a million-dollar liability coverage. They have to be responsible for the rest of the property. It's very difficult, but it does work. And you work hand-in-hand -hand with John Ross Alberts in the Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah, he's done a great job. Um, the maintenance department used to mow and parks and recreation and they have more people more employees you know that are mowing and they've done a great job it's always been done good but i really believe and i'm, I'm not just bragging about what's going on now completely because i'm kind of in charge of it but the fairgrounds looks really nice all the time now it does and, and we talked about this uh in last week's show uh when when the county commission the fair board divorced 
it actually made things better. Fair board felt like they were uh, had more authority to to make the fair better. Uh, the Putnam County Commission said, "We, you know, we're we're out of the fair business. We just want to rent the property to you and and, and let you come in." And the from the last year, from what I can tell, it's been one of the best fairs ever. Um, so the fair board's done a great job, as you said earlier. It's hard to to people to even know how much they work. It's hard for people to know how much you work and all the stuff you're having to do uh, at the fairgrounds. Glenn, I, thank you for being on. I appreciate hey, your time. Ben, thank you for having me. I really hope that the county commission will look at all the things that are being told and really think about it. We need it. I love the old fairgrounds, but we need a new property, and that Tennessee Avenue property would be great. Well, we'll meet in a couple of weeks and see if there's a decision. If not, it could be pushed towards November. The commission will decide something. Whether they vote yes or no, it will be decided. So, Glenn, thank you. You've been listening to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. Hope you have a good day. We'll be back next week uh, with Ag Extension Director Michelle Parrott, and she will discuss her role uh, as Ag Extension Director and her location near the fairgrounds or on the fairgrounds and how that plays into what they do every day at UT Ag Extension. Have a good day.